What is the point of that? What are we? Are we nine? Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're talking about the latest installment in the MCU, The Marvels. It stars Brie Larson, Iman Vellani, and Tayana Paris, and it is fun. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. Oh my God, I'm such a big fan. And Nick Glover. Pow, pachoo. (laughs) And if we all use the same microphone at the same time, I think we might switch places because we're doing an episode about the Marvels. Oh, Oh. that's a reference to the movie. That's a reference from the movie. Oh, smart. People who've seen the movie right now are like, oh my God, that's from the movie. (laughs) And if you haven't seen the movie... We're going to spoil it. Shit. Yeah, we're going to spoil it. If you haven't seen the movie and you care, uh, which, you know, you should. I don't know. I personally feel like give yourself the joy of new experiences. But go ahead and turn this off and come back to us after you've seen it. If you don't care, continue apace and we shall spoil it for you most readily. You'll enjoy that. (laughs) Huzzah. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you're into that. Maybe that's that's your kink. I don't kink shame. And that's cool. Spoil me, daddy. Mm, Spoil it so good for me. (laughs) 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 All right. So the Marvels uh, is the latest entry in the MCU, the actual MCU as opposed to the MTVU. Which is still the MCU. Which is still the MCU. Whatever. Really. The latest actual film in theaters uh and it is uh it, I, I don't know I, I really liked it we're gonna just talk generally about it first but yeah uh, yeah what was your so what's what general impressions me i liked it uh, it's like a solid b yeah maybe like a b plus if, if i'm in a good mood tim what do you think i uh i appreciate that this movie the stakes weren't quite as high as they sometimes are in Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I enjoyed it as a, it's like the thing that I, that I enjoy about most Marvel movies is they aren't afraid to have their, their tongue firmly planted in their cheek at times. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think that that is, that is what helps them be an entertaining film series. And this, this movie had a lot of moments that were really fun, that were really entertaining and uh, it, it dealt with some characters that uh, I, I think uh, I enjoy and would like to see more of. And I think that, that that while it might not be like in terms of canonically the most important movie in, mm-hmm. in the Marvel, Marvel series, I actually kind of appreciate that it – uh-oh. Oh, no. But no, I, I, I appreciate that it that – it, it stood on its own and no, I don't, I don't think it's an, it's like, it's not like, holy shit, amazing. Like some Marvel movies sure. are, but it was definitely entertaining. I came out of the movie with a smile on my face. Yeah. You Nick, know? I can't help but notice you're making a high pitched noise when Tim says that this movie is not canonically important. So, all right. <laughs> I feel like I often judge Marvel movies and, and you know, like the Disney plus shows too, uh, on a few different, a few different ways, right? How how they are as a story and and as a movie that stands alone, or as a part of a, a series mm-hmm. of movies, but then also <clears throat> what they do for the MCU, 
what what they set up, what they establish, what they connect. Do you now? May I ask you because I know this is going to matter. Do you hold the movie separate from the uh, mid credit scenes that it contains? Or do you consider that all that's part a, of the same movie? That's a, that's a part of it. And okay. often that's where some of the heavy lifting is done exact, for that, that second way that. you judge a movie. So um, I think just in terms of, you know, where the characters end up and who they're with at the end of the movie, I think that it establishes establishes some very important things, some some big things. Um, there's, there's huge reveals in this in the last... 10 or 15 minutes of the of the movie. So, I mean, like, I don't know if you can say it's not important when this is the first time we've seen, like, you know, legit mutants. That's true. That's in true. the MCU. Because they did, ret- well, we know they, so in the Mar- in Ms. Marvel, the show, they did uh, retcon Ms. Marvel's powers so that now she is a mutant. Right? That is, that is a thing that happened they in the They certainly show. seem to imply yes. that, yes. So just real quick in case you are like very lost because you, you've, you've barely heard of the Marvels. The Marvels uh, refers to the three superheroes, uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, Carol Danvers. I, Carol Danvers. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. And then I think they're calling her Spectrum. Or Photon. Or Photon. Or, yeah. But from, uh, from the comics, she's... Also, Captain Marvel. She, yes, that's, yeah. it gets very messy while, there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Tayana Paris, uh, who Rambeau. was, who was, uh, yeah, she's Monica Rambeau. She is the daughter of uh, Carol Danvers' best friend in right. in the Captain Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So now it is. We are now in the current day. So it's thirty years after the events of the Captain Marvel movie, and now Monica Rambeau has been in the Air Force. She's been. It seems like, I mean, I don't want to say astronaut because it doesn't seem like that's really the same program in the MCU, but she's, she's gone to space. She's going yeah, to space. She's a part of uh, Saber or whatever it is. Yeah. And so the movie really talks about the three of them and how their powers become entangled, which makes them all come together and have to, to figure out how to disentangle their powers. And there's a MacGuffin in the form of the two bracelets, one of which Kamala Khan was wearing in her show, Ms. Marvel. So... That's basically the gist of the movie. Mm. That is that is the movie. The movie is them trying to figure out how to stop the uh, Kree warlord. Yeah, really, who's yeah. taking over for Ronan? She's part of Ronan's sect. She's also a um, not Inquisitor, but a um, Imperator. Yeah, the Hammer guys. Yeah, yeah, the Hammer yeah. guys. Yeah, she's got a hammer. She got a hammer. She's, for a while, she's... I was wondering if it had a stone in it because I was like, "Whoa, did she? Right. Did, did, did she have one of the? One of, did she get one of the Infinity Stones after? She just seems to nope, have a nope, very it was powerful just, hammer. Just a super powerful hammer. Yeah. And she wants. She's so we're back to the back to the the Kree scroll conflict mm. is a part mm. of this kind of kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, so. there's the, there's a scroll settlement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that that matters. Yep. So that's basically the gist of it. So, but also then, you know, that that happens, and I would feel I feel like that pretty much resolves without really affecting a whole lot in terms of overarching plot well, sp- and continuity, sp- other than the one contained within the bubble sure. of the movie. If you if you disinclude the the post credits, it mm-hmm. still ends with spectrum. Getting thrown into another universe, yes. which is another multiversal tie. Yes. For right? some reason, there's a rip. Not for some reason. When there is a rip in the universal structure, in the universe structure between dimensions, it seems. Right. Uh, for some reason, Spectrum has to seal it from the other side. She can't seal it from this side. She has to go through it 
to seal it. She can't in through the outdoor. She can't seal it through the, from this side. She has to go through first. They don't say why. They just say she has to, and magic. that's just how it goes. Space so, magic. Yeah. yeah. So she's now in this alternate universe where we see Beast. Yeah, we see and, Beast. Uh, and war, war criminal Beast. Yes. War, yep. And uh, and sh- and also we see um, uh, what is Monica's mom's name? I can't remember her, the first Rambo. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, somebody Rambo. Mrs. Rambo. We see her. We see Monica's mom uh, is alive in this other universe. Did not, I think, have a daughter because no. she doesn't recognize her adult She's daughter. Certainly, yeah, yeah. And so it's and she is a superhero. Maria. Maria, Maria Rambo. Rambo. She is. She's apparently Captain Marvel. In the or, or well, has the powers of Captain Marvel. She's wearing a costume a, that that indicates she's a different character, and I don't remember mm-hmm. the name. Um, People were getting very excited about that. Yeah, yeah. People, people on the internet get excited about these things. But yeah. ultimately, it, it's it's uh, it was. I don't know. I thought it was very. I thought overall it was very fun. I agree with you, Tim. I laughed with a smile on my face. I laughed a lot. Yeah, I had a really yeah. good time. Uh, the action was fast. It never felt drawn out. Uh, there most a lot of times for me in superhero movies. I know I've talked about this in the past. Uh, I get bored. During the fight scenes, I got, mm. I'm going to be honest, I got a little bored uh, in, in the in Endgame because after a while, there's just only so much power versus powers, fighting, smashing, destruction, people not dying because they can't get broken, just getting thrown around where I just finally start to tune out and I'm like, okay, well, let's just let me know who wins and we'll move on with the plot. Yeah. This one didn't have that. I never felt bored with the action. It it was very fast. It helped that they had that switching powers uh, problem at the beginning, right, which, which kept the editing was really fun and fast for that. Yeah, it kept the action interesting. Yeah. Because um, suddenly it's a different superhero fighting the same person. Yes. And, uh, and Kamala's family is back. Uh, Kamala's family is great. They were yeah. very funny in the movie or in the show, so I was very happy to see them back in the movie, even if they felt a little tacked on. But they they definitely provided good comedic relief. I um, I I you know, Miss Marvel is super adorable and and Iman fun and, and, and funny and great, and her boundless fan enthusiasm only got a little bit too much for me, like one or two times. She got right up to the line, though, a, a, a bit through the movie. Like about the, how Carol felt. The, oh, my God. <laughs> can't even imagine. But, like, the oh, Captain, my Captain joke was just, like, kind of cringe for me. But the rest was sure. pretty pretty great, pretty adorable. Uh, what was So let's talk about things, favorite parts. It doesn't have to be just a scene that stood out to you or a joke you remember. We all saw this several weeks ago. So sure. uh, just something that you remember from the movie that you thought was very funny. Uh, the singing and dancing part. Wait, uh, the, funny. The singing, the singing planet. Yeah, the singing planet. That yeah. was great. I'm like, ooh, we're going to do a little bit of a musical in a Marvel yeah. movie? I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. I'm always down for musicals. That's straight out of the comics, too. I liked it, too, because it it, it very much, the, the concept of, uh, Carol seemed very embarrassed, yeah. which is always very funny because, you know, she, she's, she's, it was like, she never thought this would ever matter to anyone else that anyone would ever yeah. have to see this again. But now they got to go there and, okay, just everyone be cool. I am literally a queen here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, I, I liked that. I liked that part too. Uh, I liked. Uh, I man, I at first I really liked the. Um, I can't think of the name of the monster, the cat monster, the flurkin. Flurkin. I really liked the flurkin having kittens. Goose. Uh, but then after a minute of the everybody getting eaten by them, 
after about that went on for about I'm gonna say it was three times longer than it needed to be, and it got to a point where I was like, did they did they prepay for an amount of this effect that they had to use it up? Like they had to just make sure they used it all. Like, but I do. I always like the flirt. Uh, uh, I think Kamala's reaction to seeing the flirkin for the for seeing Goose for the first time was phenomenal and it, I saw it in the trailer and it still made me laugh in the movie which is always to me a really big that's a plus right if I've already yeah. seen mm-hmm. your joke and it still makes me laugh good joke just her fucking terrified scream when the cat just opens it's just like eats the two dudes who are about to kill her it was, it was very good that was I liked that part a lot I I really liked in general just the um coordinating of and the the of the teleporting fight stuff yes. that, that goes on the 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 flipping around um <clears throat> I liked that they took a moment to show us them training and practicing mm-hmm. that before there was a fight later where they used it to great effect mm-hmm. um but I thought it was like that whole training montage of them figuring out like they're like okay like, when does this happen? Like, mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. the trigger? Let's figure it out. And then they're, like, doing the jump rope and, and all mm-hmm. the different things to, to try to, you know, coordinate better. Um, that was a great montage. And it, and And it was, it was fun and functional. Yeah, I agree with that. Tim, was there anything that stood out to you? Well, other, I, other than the singing part? Other than the singing part? About, you know, nothing um, else. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the flurkin kittens because the flurkin kittens were adorable. They were kittens sure. and flurkins. Yeah. And yes, it probably went on a little bit longer than it needed to. Although I will say that the other people in the theater with me were laughing their butts off the whole time. Oh, I'm so, sure they were. So I, 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 you know, maybe maybe it went on a little long for me because I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I get the joke, but it, it it seemed to work really well for others. I think. Um, that opening fight scene mm-hmm. bit where they're they're all transporting between the three fights was awfully cool, mm-hmm. yeah. awfully cool. And you, you you nobody knows what's going on yet, but you know that yeah they're they're transferring between scenes yep. and they don't know yet, and that's fine. And you know I enjoy sometimes when the audience knows what's going on, but the characters don't. Yes. Um. So I think that that was that was super super effective. I also really liked. Uh, I I I really liked the, the I, again another thing I saw in the trailer that still hit for me was when Carol is first uh, transported into uh, Kamala's room mm-hmm. and uh, and sees all the posters and the drawings, the like the, fan art of the them fan together and everything, and it's just like what the fuck, yeah, like that that I, I think because I feel like. She's been so removed mm-hmm. from everything for so long that even if she she knows she's a superhero, but she probably doesn't have any real concept of her fandom. Right. Whereas all the other you know super Marvel superheroes that we know of really kind of do. Right. They, you know, they we, it, it was it was big it was big uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man energy. You know, with yeah. the yeah. and so that was I like I like seeing these younger characters. In the you know being so like oh my god <laughs> you're Captain Marvel like oh my god you're Iron Man like it's yeah I, I there was something that kind of stuck with me like I read an article recently talking about um you know someone accused the MCU of being military propaganda and they they had some very persuasive arguments some of which are like deliberate things some of which are like kind of um you know 
coincidental things that line up with that or mm-hmm. or you know maybe not actively propaganda but certainly passes passively so and they talked a lot about captain marvel and the air force and the conditions under which you have to agree to play ball with the military and oh, have sure. them review your scripts and stuff in order to get access to their planes for shooting and this movie doesn't have any of that like it's very disconnected from the united states armed forces and mm-hmm. um someone said that you know i was kind of reading this article that kind of put it into words for me really well it was just the optics of a white woman superhero girl bossing a planet too hard and failing to recognize how her actions affect other people isn't lost on me yeah and absolutely the fact that she's you know the she fucked over the the cree yes and Sure, one of their guys was on a rampage and doing some horrible shit, and and sure, she was captured by the Kree military and brainwashed and all that, but like that planet has billions of people on it, mm-hmm. and not all those people are responsible for what yeah. happened to her, and yet there were certainly consequences for them based on her actions that she was completely unaware of, and I, I'm always kind of a fan of seeing superheroes... Um, get shown that like maybe recklessly superheroing without regard for the consequences isn't a good thing. Their choices aren't always ethical. R- yeah, just because yeah. they just just because they're on the side of good. I'm gonna go punch the problem into into yeah. submission. Isn't the solution all the time? Well, let's talk about things we didn't like. What was was there anything uh, that you didn't like about it? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So the Marvel show we watched <laughs> yeah. preceding this was secret invasion God, which um you know i really did not care for at all um i'm just gonna straight up say i hated it <clears throat> yeah i hated, it. I hated <laughs> yeah, everybody i know disliked it so much that i haven't watched you it shouldn't yet. watch it you yeah. should um, just you should just read the wikipedia no, about it tim you should watch it because we suffered and you should have to suffer too <laughs> i don't have to um, um. Uh, watch a couple episodes watch the last episode for the fight um which is not good <laughs> Uh, I, but so the, the tone of that show is, especially with Nick Fury is very dour. He is, you know, a a beaten old spy trying to get by. He's, he's hobbling through most of the show. He's very, um, you know, like a dark sarcasm is the most humor you get out of him. I, I don't even think he makes jokes. Not like he's not just really. sad and angry and yeah. And there's the whole thing about his his wife. He who has is, a wife, a who is, wife who is not present in this in the movie at all. And in this movie, he is. I mean, he fits the tone of the movie, but he doesn't fit the tone of his character most recently it's like all the old mcu movies he's just the nick fury from those he well he's he's along for the ride and having a fun time and oh you superheroes and 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 it was just like wow this is the guy that was just absolutely fucking broken in the last thing we saw him in and he's doing pretty good like he was gonna walk away from it all to go live with his scroll wife and instead they decided to stay he, he was going to like walk into the sea and terrible. just be forgotten at the end of Secret it's Invasion. Terrible. And he is doing great in this. And I just feel like I got whiplash from I don't that. even think he was wearing a wedding ring well, or don't anything. You, don't you think that these two thing, projects were being produced kind of simultaneously and it sounds like maybe they weren't talking? I don't. I, that's a problem. For I, a, yeah. If, if you're going to like the good things that come with a shared universe, you know, come yeah. with 
you know, with great power comes great responsibility, Tim. And and if they're gonna, if they're you gonna, may not know that, but that's from <clears throat> Spider Man. What with a hyphen? If they're going to rely on us watching all the other shows and movies to get a, to fully enjoy the new stuff that's coming out, then they owe us that at, at least as well on uh, their side as the people making the shit. Apparently they didn't rely on us having watched Secret Invasion because I didn't watch Secret Invasion and I yeah. don't think there was anything in that movie that I missed. But no. you watched the Marvels. I did watch. And you watched WandaVision. I did watch Ms. Marvel and I did watch WandaVision and I've obviously Ms. watched, Marvel, right. watched the, the original Captain Marvel. So... I mean, we're talking about one movie and two different TV shows with different tones, with different, you know, age, mm-hmm. acceptable age range audiences that you kind of have to watch to get to fully understand the characters that, that they're showing you. Right. But is that a problem with this movie or is that a problem with Secret Invasion? I couldn't tell you. All right. I, it's, a, it's a problem with the MCU. The Marvels started doing principal photography in July 2021 and concluded in May of 2022. Uh, filming for the show Secret Invasion began in September 2021 and wrapped in April 2022. So they were, in fact, basically filming at the same time. Uh, and so that is a that is a failing on the uh, executive producer level. Kevin. I mean, Kevin honestly. Feige. Uh, yeah, that is the thing that I disliked the most about it. Honestly, me too. Uh, was was just the the whiplash between and the fact that it felt like Secret Invasion didn't matter at all. It also, I will also say, it felt like Loki season two didn't matter at all. Well, I was really expecting there to be something since it Loki season two finale was right before the Marvels yeah. came out, and I thought, oh, they're planning this in a way they've got to have some. There was just nothing. There was nothing about it. The the in Secret Invasion is all about how. Nick Fury has failed the Skrulls by not giving them a new home as he promised when they first arrived as um, refugees on Earth. And in this, they are well established into a full-ass colony somewhere else. Yeah. That gets the shit kicked out of it by the by the Kree. But, like, they're in buildings that have been around for quite a while. That didn't pop up overnight. I don't know. I mean, did more time pass between these two things? Things than than we might realize. I don't know. And you'd think that when Carol talked about how she failed the Cree, that he would be like, I have very direct experience with this. Oh, right. Having just been told how awful, how much I failed the scroll. Yeah. And so like, you'd think there would have been anything about a throwaway line. I don't know. I don't know. Um, What about you, Tim? Yeah. Was there anything you didn't like? Uh, What I did not like was um, the final disposition of the villain in this film. And mm. here's what I mean. They get they get to a point where uh, Carol Danvers admits she was wrong and is going to do something to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the villain is the, you know, theoretically dying or something like that. Yeah. And of course she, it seems like she's going to cooperate and then she does a turncoat. And that's the, the, the heel turn was exactly what I expected. And I would like to have seen a different decision there. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was really rote. Yes. It's like, this is what happens at this point in the story. They, 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 they aren't willing to let this villain acknowledge their error. Mm-hmm. Um, and acknowledge that, you know, because yes, Carol screwed up, but it was also the Cree who screwed up, right? It was their civil war that, fucked over their planet mm-hmm. sure it's just that carol didn't 
think about she made it worse yeah she (laughs) didn't think about how her actions would contribute to that and she didn't stick around to try and help them through right having destroyed the central intelligence yep um and that's you know absolutely on her but it was also on the Cree because they're the ones that toasted their own fucking son Mm. yeah um so carol being willing to help it would have been i think a better ending even if that character has to die which she has to die in order to rip in order to get in order to to get monica rambo Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. in the other the other reality blah 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 you know whatever you can you can reason your way through that you can you can figure out a way to make that work yeah because it could have been literally anything because it was literally anything to begin with yeah (laughs) um you know because in the end there's there's the point where she's like well i'm gonna kill i'm gonna kill ms marvel um Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, 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 we'll give you the other bracelet. And then she pushes Miss Marvel away. And then it's like, boom, you're dead. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At that point, there's no point to uh, to do what she asked. But it would have been better, I think, for that character if that character had grown in some way. Sure. Um, which she did not. And I thought that that was bad writing. Yeah. Uh, and it, it bugged me because I felt like they could have done better. They can, They can create... They should be able to create complex villains that are capable of change the yeah. same way they create complex heroes that are capable of change. It happens all the time in the comics. Yeah. The, 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 I don't know what the opposite of a heel turn is, but like the Redemption sand, arc. Yeah, the, the Sandman from uh, the Spider-Man villain. He was a fucking Avenger for a while. Like, mm-hmm. like Venom w- ha- is you know more or less a, a hero or at least yeah. anti-hero. Agent, he was these Agent days. Venom. He was like, he was he fought with the Guardians. Yeah, like, it's it's how many how many members of the X Men have been members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? Oh yeah, you know yep. absolutely. It, mm-hmm. Well, and a part of that is like you can't kill a character. Because they're an intellectual property, but also like you can't fucking kill a comic character because there's you know a billion ways they'll come back to life. I don't see people coming back to life as much in the MCU, so maybe stop killing the villains before they can. I don't know. Have a character arc be more interesting. Well, and I think too, it's 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 frustrating because it just feels easy. Mm. Yeah, and that and it feels like an easy like easier writing, and that makes it feel a little cheap. Uh, and you know and what if what if the, you'd, you'd done the same thing and that character has to has to sacrifice herself to is that character is the one that actually literally has to sacrifice herself right. to save Cree mm-hmm. the Cree homeworld sure you know the, the, they we're going to do this and now something's going wrong and now she sacrifices herself so she saves her homeworld but mm-hmm. she has to do it with the help of Captain Marvel well that's a difficult p- situation to put her in mm-hmm. yeah and it would have been a better one. <laughs> Even if she died, having her die like, I don't know, I know people have problems with this, but having her die like Kylo Ren where she has a, achieved a sense of knowledge of, you know, I I, I have regret, you know? Sure. Or, or even to say something like, I know I did some bad things and I, I do regret them, but at least I got you here, Carol Danvers, and you're going to do the right thing. And like, then her and Carol Danvers know, kiss before she exactly, dies. Exactly, that be, would be yeah. great. That would be great. No. I, 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 will, I do want to talk about something that I think is, is, uh, is something that's being talked about a lot about these movies, and that is superhero fatigue, specifically uh. Marvel superhero fatigue. I see a lot of people talk about this. Uh, they feel like they can't keep up with all of the shows and all of the movies, which honestly... 
that's fine. I don't know why people feel the need to uh, make it about how it's their fault for putting out too much content and not like your choice to not watch it. But, you know, I, this is the, there is no other uh, franchise that has had this many entry points or installments in its continuity. There's nothing else like this in the world. True. I mean, in all the history of, of film and TV, there's nothing else that has had this many different, you know, things that you could put all in and say, this is all part of one cohesive universe. I can't maybe, think of- Maybe Star Trek. Maybe Star Trek. It's Law and got- Order. Maybe Star Trek. Law and Order doesn't count because that's, that's honestly, it doesn't dun, because dun. a lot of them aren't in the same, they're in different. Well, it's the, it's the same world as homicide life in the streets. And then there's that's that. That's fair. Okay. That that's fair. And I, I mean, uh, th- that's, th- th- that's not the argument worth having they're, anyway. Yeah, they're no, all no, TV shows, but still. Yeah. Yes. Star bullshit. Trek is probably the only thing that, that yeah. even closely rivals it. But mm-hmm. I would argue that a lot of the entries in the Star Trek thing uh, will say that they don't have anything to do with the other ones because they're a separate universe. or a different timeline or a Kelvin verse or whatever, like, or they are rewriting characters, right? Like, so this is one of the few ones where there isn't, we don't have two versions of Captain America, Steve Rogers. There's just the one. There's two Kirks. There's at least two Kirks. Like we don't have, you know, there's three Kirks. Yeah, we don't. So this is, that is a big, that is a big undertaking. Do you, either of you feel any of that fatigue? Like when you hear about the next Marvel thing coming out, uh, obviously, Tim, you didn't watch Secret Invasion. Nick and I have watched everything. There is nothing we have skipped. Uh, so I, I am still into it. I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you, it was getting through those last episodes of Secret Invasion was a fucking chore. But I fell asleep during some of that shit. But yeah. and I think that's okay, right? Some of it can be bad, right? Oh, Iron it has Man, to be. Iron Man Two is shitty. Um, Absolutely, it's it's a hard movie to get through, and I've watched it again to go. Is it really as bad as I remember? Why, yes, indeed, it is, and it, it, that that's okay. Am I exhausted by it? No, because I spent most of my life without superhero movies. It's like yeah. it's like saying, you know, are you tired of Star Wars? Well, I spent most of my life with three Star Wars movies, yep. and. Even if I think the prequels aren't that great, and even if I have my issues with the sequels, I'm still super happy there's all this fucking Star Wars. And so I feel the same way about about superhero movies. And and if if anything, the reason I complain about the DCEU is they just keep fucking it up. Yeah. So what made you not watch? So is Secret Invasion the only thing you haven't watched? Yeah. uh, Actually, I haven't gotten to Loki yet, but that's just because I haven't gotten to Loki. Sure. So Um, what, what, may I ask? Uh, I know that, you know, there's busyness and everything, but you know, you also are rewatching a lot of comfort shows rather than watching new stuff. Mm -hmm. What is it that made it so that you didn't feel the need to like start watching Secret Invasion? Why wasn't it a priority? Why wasn't it a priority, especially before going to see the Marvels? Um, that particular type of storyline is not something that appeals to me in the first place. The, you know, and the disguised enemy among okay. us, the paranoia storylines. Okay. Well, good is, news. Yeah. There's very little of that. Yeah, but, but, but that's what I thought it was. Yeah, of course. So that was like, well, I'm not, not super in a hurry to, to okay. watch this because of that. And then everybody started talking about how bad it was. I'm sure. like, oh, well, I guess I'll wait. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, and it, it, it was first off, it was I'm not into this kind of story, mm-hmm. um, but I'll probably watch it anyway. And then it was like everybody said it was bad. So I'm like, well, yeah. you know, I'll I'll try and get to it. What um, about Loki season two? 
Loki season two just uh, we haven't been able to try and watch it as a as a family unit. Mm-hmm. It has been our goal to watch it as a family unit. We haven't been able to make that okay. happen yet. So it is not for lack of desire to watch Loki season okay. two. And I will okay. probably start watching it soon because I'm tired of waiting. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, so I I feel like superhero fatigue is very um, glib. Like the the ter- it's a very very short phrase that is easy to throw around that mm-hmm. doesn't actually address like the problems right it's a it's a it's a description it's a word you use to summarize a bunch of problems without ag- addressing the actual you know problems sure. right um, I feel like uh, maybe they just did too much Marvel stuff like with mm. especially with the the Disney Plus shows. Uh, and they were a little bit less um, choosy and picky about quality because they were spread out a little bit too much, doing too much all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, there was a, a really big push to, you know, uh, especially at, with the what debuted on Disney Plus was WandaVision. I mean, that yeah. was the first, that was a fucking cultural event. Yeah. Um, and, and, they haven't recreated that uh, since then. And I I feel like there was a push to like, oh shit, this is big. We got to crank out a whole bunch of shows really fast. And and they haven't, you know, maybe been paying as much attention as they need to. And and mm. I, I love getting superhero shows and superhero movies and I'll keep watching them. I mean, fuck, I watched Blue Beetle on yes. HBO Max. Yes, you did. Uh, on purpose. And... You know, I'll, I'll keep watching that stuff, but I I would be okay with less of it. Do you think that? Do you guys think that the adding the Disney Plus shows was a mistake? Not to comment on whether or not you've liked the Disney Plus shows, but do you think that adding television into the mix and that being, I mean, all of every single Disney Plus show in the MCU is like two movies long, right? So, do you feel like that was a mistake on their part to, to that by that they and they glutted the the market? No. We've gotten really really good stuff out of that and they haven't always used it. Okay, we've gotten really enjoyable shows, good yeah. quality content. Um, you know, like Werewolf by Night is a different thing than yeah. anything else in the MCU I and loved really Moon really good. I really Yeah, did. I really enjoyed Moon Knight. And and I I think that um you know, some of it isn't getting used as much in the rest of the MCU as they could have. So maybe it's kind of a, a I don't want to say like this good show was a waste because we didn't get more of it somewhere else. Sure, sure. But um, I I feel like it's uh the I don't know, man. The consistency just isn't isn't yeah. there, and I feel like that's the problem. It's not inherently that there's too much. It's that I think maybe because there's too much, they're spreading themselves thin on quality control. Hmm. Maybe production is happening too fast. Okay. And I know there's been like you know writer and actor strikes and a, a bunch of other things in the mix that could little be pandemic, little, little pandemic, a little bit of middle. a pandemic here and there <laughs> um, that have have also absolutely been factors. But I think something happened when COVID started up and the streaming services took off like crazy when some executive, some, you know, Bob fucking Iger or whoever was like six more shows by the, by, you know, by the end of three years from now, we need six more shows, make it happen. Sure, sure, sure. 
And, and that that absolutely happens. And I think that I don't know. It, movie theaters are suffering already. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the pandemic really fucked them over and they have not recovered. You know, so there's concerns about the box office returns on on superhero movies. I'm like the box office returns on everything is down. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it is it superhero fatigue or is it movie fatigue? Uh, and that's right. a really good yeah. argument because that leads into the last thing I want to talk about, which is the narrative around the Marvels being that it is a box office flop. You've probably heard somebody uh, talk about how, oh, the Marvels failed and it just shows you that, oh, they went woke, they got broke, you know, oh, terrible. Well, uh, just for some comparison, the Marvels had a budget of $220 million. Its opening U.S. weekend was $46 million, and its global to date at the time of this data was three weeks, uh, $187 million. And everyone, the narrative is that it's a flop. Killers of the Flower Moon, the budget was $200 million, so, you know, pretty close. 10%. 220 200 Their opening U.S. weekend was only half of the Marvels. It was $23 million. Their global to date of this data was six weeks, and it had only earned $151 million. And the box office narrative that's being pimped is that it's moderately positive. Sure. Pretty good movie. Pretty good movie. It's a little M- long. Male lead, male writer, male director. Yeah. Right. Napoleon. Male lead, male writer, male director, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. But again, budget, $200 million, Opening U.S. weekend plus Thanksgiving, which is a bigger movie yeah. weekend. $32 million, Still far short of the opening weekend for the Marvels. Global after one week was $79 million, which is about on par with where we're at for uh, the Marvels. And then the box office narrative of that is triumph. Yeah. A perfect, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's making so much money. It's so weird to me because people will be like, well, if you look at the box office numbers, it actually didn't do that great. And then you look at the box office numbers, you're like, well, it looks like it, it did. And they're like, well, the critics didn't like it. And it's just like, it's just they shift the, the goalposts yeah. constantly. The narrative on this is always being changed. There's, but the critics didn't hate it either. No, they didn't. And that's no. the thing is like, I think that we've seen this time and again with uh, the Ghostbusters reboot yeah. with Captain Marvel movie, which is among the like top 10 movies of the Marvel M- of the MCU, all grossing and all kinds of things. The Wonder Woman movies, let's just not talk about 1984, but that they don't <laughs> do as well or, oh, they're, they, they're too woke and they're not doing well. Oh, there's women of color in the leads. Oh, boo, no one cares. And it's just such a bummer. Yeah, the uh, a local author convergence attendee, uh, Taylor Cisco commented on on a, a Twin Cities Geek Facebook post Former talking Convergence about this. guest of honor oh, Taylor, Taylor Cisco. Our neighbor. He lives like he lives <laughs> yeah. like four blocks away. Oh hi Taylor. Um, hi Taylor. Uh he he had this comment that I'm gonna read some of uh that's um you know public sentiment and the business criteria against which non-white non-male led films are held is ludicrously inequitable. Uh, there's a of Line in some football movie trailer, he doesn't remember which because sports dramas aren't his bag, where uh, a coach is told or says that they have to win every game that season or else the team will be cut and he'll be fired. Mm -hmm. And it's because he's a black coach for a southern team or or something like that. But anyway. Remember the Titans, by the way. Um (laughs) <laughs> that's the he says that's the gist of the the film and, and TV yep. industry's success litmus for non-white non cis male folks uh, with a minuscule amount of exceptions. If you're not the status quo, everything you do must be successful, or else it's not labeled as a uh, as a failure or shortcoming of your career, but for your entire demographic. Right. So 
if if the Marvels wasn't a phenomenal, undeniable, objective blockbuster hit, mm-hmm. what it means is, well, nobody likes women movies. Right. Nobody let's likes remember, girl yes, movies. This movie was directed by a black woman. Right. And it had the largest box office opening for any film directed by And it stars by three women, woman. including two women of color. Yep. <laughs> right. And and which is the only reason people are talking about it being woke, right? I mean, there's not a lot in this movie that's, woke in that's, that's talking um, about current current events or anything like that. There's a couple, I believe uh, Monica may have a couple of comments about about being a, a woman of color and, and that impact on her life. But there's not much in there. Well, well, if I, it's just that there are women in the three lead roles. See, but Tim... You know, the GTA 6 trailer just came out. And if I've learned anything from reading the comments on the G- Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer, it's that if you have a woman protagonist, you have gone woke. That's woke, Tim. I know. Women I understand that, that. I understand that that is. And of course, we know that's wrong because how much money did the Barbie movie make this year? Oh, and the, the woke, Barbie. That woke Barbie, trash. Barbie was woke as fuck. Yeah. Um, the um, box office flop that was completely yeah. woke. Yeah, the <laughs> biggest movie of the year, Barbie. Yeah. The biggest flop of the year more like <laughs> and interestingly enough by the way i just went and looked it up on rotten tomatoes their positive their positive threshold is 60 percent. so the marvels was at 61 percent. so which, which uh critics or audience critics. score audience score is at like 80 something oh see um but the critics the critic score is moderately positive 61 percent basically means they said meh but it's also um, their job to not like yeah, stuff. Yeah, critics are... Like, literally, it is their job to find problems. It's their job to say they have they have superhero fatigue. I mean, yes. that's, that's what they do. Yes. Um, it's just so commercial. Napoleon, uh-huh. the critics, are at 58%. Uh-huh. So it's actually lower. So calling it a triumph is even like, what are you fucking talking yep. about? Yeah. And the audience rating is also in, in the 50% range. So audience rating and critic rating yeah. are much well not much higher but, but higher. higher for the marvels than they are for napoleon so you've got this narrative that it's a triumph and i'm like where did that even come from uh, um uh, pr companies and money pe- yeah. and men with money that i mean that's where it comes from it's and i think the I, people who buy articles and and you know we get the funny thing is both both uh, the the right and the left get pissed at um at at the media for how they report the news and well they should i mean the the media reports news to make news it's not about it's actually wrong to consider the media biased in any way other than they want people to watch their product ever since the 24 hour yeah. news cycle became a thing yeah. the news has become a product yeah. it so, is it is now so a, their it's product, a commercial product. Is, so what they do is they go well what's the narrative about the marvels we can't mm-hmm. call it a triumph or a smash because it didn't make more money than they spent so we're going to call it a flop because that's all we know how to do. And if they did, and the other thing too, though, is if they did call it a triumph, that doesn't generate as much uh, clicks, that mm-hmm. doesn't generate as much talking, that doesn't generate as much ad revenue, it doesn't allow for there to be as much conversation, just talking about how much you love something. With the Barbie movie, they were able to do that because they could also put all their anchors in pink and have them all say, hi Barbie, hi Ken, and do all the little like cutesy stuff from the movie. And so there was this like, there was this built-in ability to continue the conversation even though it was successful. The conversation tends to end if the everyone just goes, this movie's great, and everyone goes, yeah, it is. Well, There's the, just not as much to talk about right. as yeah. there is if everyone's arguing. And the, the You know, Barbie's, it has a, a lot of representation, a lot of diversity in the movie, but Barbie and Ken are 
very white and very hetero. And they're attractive, and they're both actors who have been considered yeah. to be positive, attractive white actors for a yeah. long time. They've yeah. been considered white for a long time. Yeah, they have been considered white for a long they, time. Yeah, yes. I, I believe pretty we much too. they, yeah, their entire Pretty much their entire lives, yeah. 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 Wow. yeah. Much, much like yeah. us. Much um, like us on this podcast. So yeah, I just, I, I ultimately, I think, uh, final thoughts on the Marvels, I, I, I had a good time. I didn't feel like any, I didn't, my, I mean, I really liked the mid credit scenes. It was great. It's always fun to see the, oh, here we go. Oh, we're doing I, it. I, I do hope that that turns into the Young Avengers, I, that we I, see that. I would love to, that's something I've been saying that for almost a year now that I want ever since we got Stature. Yep. Now yeah. we've got, now we've got, I just, I, we had Wiccan and Speed in WandaVision. If they could exist right. in this other alternate yeah, universe, that'd be great. Got pa- you know, Patriot was set yes. up in, in uh, yep. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yep. And they're, they're, they, are, they are setting, we could get Hulkling. It would be so good. Ultimately, we need it's Young a- Avengers before they're no longer young. That's you want right. to talk, yeah, that's what I want. You want to talk woke, Young Avengers, oh, bitch. Yeah, young, young Avengers is woke <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. But um, one of the things that I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm a, it's a little disappointing that everyone's jacking off so excited about this like the X-Men stuff and it's like yeah in an alternate universe that doesn't count so who cares right like who cares well it's like, oh there they are it's like well, yeah oh I mean I come mean, on I don't know also it's Kelsey Grammer and he's a fucking oh, ass oh, fuck, yeah. Kelsey fuck Kelsey Grammer, Grammer. You know? fuck Kelsey Grammer yeah, let's, they, let's not this get podcast's <laughs> unequivocal stance on Kelsey Grammer is fuck, fuck him. Kelsey yeah. Grammer yeah uh, we will the, not be doing an episode on the remake of Frasier on the, uh, on the uh, new Frasier yeah. yeah they so what they're saying about Deadpool 3 is Deadpool is is a the the leaks you know from the set and whatnot? Deadpool is captive of the. Always want to see Deadpool of the uh, of the TVA. Sure, sounds and, great. And he becomes a part of a a super team, a multiversal super team, to stop a Kang. Yeah, and and so he is from that you know presumably that same universe where right. we where we see our our Hank McCoy war criminal beast, and and um. So, I mean, it matters as much as, you know, I don't know, it bothers me when people say, well, you know, oh, those, those are part of the MCU now because of the multiverse. No, it's not. like, fuck off. No. No. It's like the, the, not Sony, in the, the so- Sony Spider-Man shit doesn't count. Nope. I don't care whatever multiversal crossover happens in the background. That's a fucking, that's not story. Yep. But... It matters because they're pulling shit out of that universe to bring into the MCU proper. This, it might matter. Yeah, it right. might matter, but it's hard to get excited about something that is still just considered an alternate universe. And I don't want to get too into it because Tim hasn't seen Loki season two. But yeah. when we do the episode on Loki season two, we can talk about all this this kind of stuff for sure. You know, the thing is that I, I love the way that all of these connect, but I really enjoy being able to watch a movie that stands on its own. And that's mm. that, you know, if I've got a final takeaway about this movie, it's that it did stand on its own. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't seen Secret Invasion and I didn't have a really good memory of Ms. Marvel. And none of that, see, you know, obviously there's, if you know all of it, there's, there's a, a there are layers to mm-hmm. it. And I give them credit even now that they know how to produce a film that tends to have the layers of mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to contribute to the mythology, but you should be able to enjoy this anyway yes um and i and I, and so my takeaway is i did enjoy it anyway even good. though i didn't know all the mythology yeah um so Nick, good for them thought? uh i mean it's 
it's in the top half of MCU movies in yeah. terms of like enjoyability and quality. And there are uh, MCU movies that are like objectively pretty worse that people really fucking love. And so I would say if you haven't seen it yet and you like the MCU, you know, don't believe the hype. It's worth seeing. It's a fun movie. Wait till it comes on on Disney Plus or whatever. But like, don't punish yourself because someone else says a movie's bad. Yeah. Or in a in unless a, it's a DC movie. <laughs> I'm gonna actually say, look, it is a movie directed by a black woman. It's a movie featuring women, and this is my woke statement. Go watch it in the fucking theater if you want to sure. see it. Yeah. If put it's, put if it's some money there. at put some it's, money into the box office. Yeah. It's in the um, cheap seats by now. So yeah. also uh Iman Villani is a gift. To the yeah. MCU, and not just because of her portrayal of uh, Ms. Marvel, but also because of the uh, frankness that she is bringing and the fact that it seems like she has a text to Kevin Feige all the time, <laughs> and she texts him to be like, you got that wrong? Uh, she's a huge super fan of the comics. She is, uh, she's being, writing Ms. She Marvel is, right she now. She is writing Ms. Marvel. And the the fact that she is bringing this youthful energy with the solid fucking fan knowledge and the and the chops to back it up is only good for for the MCU. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, the fact that we have these movies is a gift to the overall uh, cinematic universe. Yeah, for just, sure. d- y'all, y'all, many of you listening to this podcast are are younger than me because a lot of people are younger than me. <laughs> like and uh, you know, yeah, most of you. And and the thing is, we didn't. We didn't get this kind of nerd shit all the time. No. Right. You know, yeah. it's like, I just kind of go, before 1999 yeah. or 2000, I forget which year came out, we didn't have the fucking Lord of the Rings. You know, we, we didn't have fantasy movies. That Not were, really. We had one every three or four years. Got some Ladyhawk action. And Got most some. of them were shitty. Yeah. Right. Most of them were shitty, but we liked them anyway because they existed. Yep. And we just wanted to watch a movie with a fucking dragon how, in it. How uh, how how novel to be bored with your with the glut of options presented yeah, to right, you, you fucking right. nerds. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like how how fortunate it is that we can watch the three Hobbit movies and go, yeah, those weren't very good. <laughs> you know, because fuck, we didn't yeah. we didn't we didn't exist in a world where that could even happen. I definitely felt fortunate while I was watching the Hobbit movies. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Didn't you feel didn't you feel lucky for nine hours of that? The air that conditioning was lucky. really nice. I felt lucky to catch a nap. I don't get to nap very yeah. often. But I guess, um, I, I mean, I'm not saying you should yeah, appreciate yeah. bad movies. I'm just saying getting, getting talking about Marvel fatigue is kind of yeah. like, oh my God. Shut I, the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one really neat thing about her writing uh, Miss Marvel right now is um, so Miss Marvel died recently in the comics. No. Um, Gasp. But um, is she going to be okay? <laughs> right. But uh, uh, a part of her death is pretty, pretty transparently um, maneuvering well, her in the same way they did like the Inhumans and the X-Men to kind of like get them in position to kind of line up with oh, what's happening sure. in, the M- in the MCU and stuff. And so right now in the comics, the mutants have kind of sort of figured out a, a, a shortcut to immortality uh, that they can, they can do. And so um, something about Miss Marvel's blood getting mixed with armor another mutant mm. uh, a mutant in the in the MCU and the way they bring back Miss Marvel 
is going to have her ending up with Armor's power set. Armor's power set is basically what Miss Marvel does in the MCU. You just said oh. armor is in the MCU, but you meant in the comics. In the comics, in the, sorry. In the 616. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so this, you know, it's the, the comic I think is titled Miss Marvel, The New Mutant. Sure. And, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, she, in the comics, she'll be a mutant now, like she is in the in the mm-hmm. MCU, and her power in the comic will now kind of mimic her power in the in the MCU. Just like and, how in the comics now, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are not Magneto's children, and they are not mutants. They're not and in they humans are either. Not in humans either. They are experimentation, yep. just like they are in the in the MCU. So they, weird. That's how they so are in the weird. comics now. Yeah. So yep. it's it's uh using retcon for the power of good, or at least the power of interesting. The power of interesting is what I will say. I, I yes. appreciate the power yes. of interesting. Well, thank you so much uh, to you two, I guess. I don't know who the fuck <laughs> I'm thanking. Thanks, you guys, you know for doing no this fucking you, show. Molly. Thanks yeah, for no inviting thanks us into me. your home. Thanks for yes, fucking thank nothing. you for joining me for this honest talk. No, uh-huh. uh, This has been our episode on the Marvels. If you have something to say that we didn't talk about or you're like, they got it wrong and here's why, uh, feel free to tell us. But let me tell you right now, you better have good reasons or you're going to get your ass beat down. It's <laughs> true. If you want to come in and tell me that it wasn't good because it was for kids an argument I've seen from yes. someone who did not see the movie yeah that was that was really I fascinating I didn't go see it because it's for kids like oh great anyway but if you want to talk about how much you hated Secret Invasion I, I'm, I'm here for it let me know let me know why you hated it uh, if you're wishing you could just get a summary of this movie or something but you don't want to actually go see it I guess check out Pitch Meeting they always have really good uh, videos on or hell Marvel you just movies. go to Wikipedia they yeah. always have a plot summary of the Absolutely. movie on there. Uh, if you want to like us on Facebook, follow us on Blue Sky, etc. We're not on Twitter anymore, and neither should you be. Uh, we are going to be here next week. As always, and a big part of that is thanks to our Patreon supporters. That is why we are coming to you live from Nick's and my uh, dining room with these beautiful what a microphones. lovely dining room. Thank you. Uh, we eat here. And, you know, if you wanted to join us on Patreon, you can do that. Be a patron. People who are subscribers got this episode possibly early. You know, we don't like to make a lot of promises. We're not God. Anyway, thank you so much. And this has been Geeks Without God. We will see you next Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye. Everyone stay calm and let the flurkin swallow you. Okay, Daddy. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Don't worry, everybody. I sent my only son to die for your sins. Oh my god, you're so dumb. <laughs>